lot of things we say at times can be cliche, but I do want to thank the Lord for gracing me to stand here at Gospel Light uh, to be preaching God's Word, whether it be for 20 minutes or however long the Lord, the Lord leads. Um, I do remember the first time I came to church. My wife and I were dating at the time, uh, 2016. Um, no, 2015, sorry, 2015. I almost got in trouble. I didn't start the message. 2015. <laughs> Not that you're included in the message. You may be, I don't know. We'll see how the Lord leads. But um, 2015, and I always remember, it stuck with me, the love that Pastor Matt had and how I could, I discerned his heart for the Lord and for souls. And I felt so comfortable coming here. Um, back in 2015, I too, like Brother Dave, I was wrestling with some things and wasn't fully surrendered to the Lord as I know I should have been. Um, and I kept coming, you know, um, as my wife was coming to church. Um, and she reminded me the other day, I forgot, there was a period of time where I stopped coming to church. I don't know how I forgot that. She was like, yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a dark time. That was a rough time. <laughs> I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> Men cry, okay? Uh, but I, I thank God for this church. I truly thank God for this church. Like I said, I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. I thank God for uh, his Holy Spirit in this church, the truth that is preached in this church in an uncompromising um, but loving way. Um, I thank God for Pastor, his family, for Sister Renee, uh, for standing with him, um, for all that he goes through, she goes through, you know, his family, uh, Pastor Orde, his family, um, for everyone that labors in this ministry, everyone, I'm not gonna call names because I'm gonna forget people, but you know who you are, um, and everyone does it unto the Lord. I always say, wherever there's a need, God provides. There's no lack in God. There's no lack in Christ, all right? Uh, but I do thank the Lord for gracing me to stand here today. Um, <laughs> this Bible actually used to be my mom's Bible um, when I first got saved. Um, this was a Bible that she gave me. I've read this Bible a lot. Amen. A lot. Um, some of her handwriting is in here. But I do thank God. I am grateful that he chooses wretched sinners to work through. Um, only God is good. And I do thank him for allowing me this opportunity. Pastor, I thank you. Um, I pray that I will be an encouragement to everyone, to someone, like Brother Ronald said, even if it's one person, it's worth it. You know, uh, heaven rejoices over one sinner coming to repentance. So I'll pray so I don't take up too much of your time. Uh, Heavenly Father, I do thank you, Lord for your mercy and for your grace. Uh, Father, I thank you that you have adopted me into your family along with my brothers and sisters here, Lord, in Christ. Uh, Father, I ask you to help me to decrease, Lord, that no flesh will glory in your presence. None shall take your glory, Father. Holy Spirit, speak through me and let me say only those things that do need to be said to say nothing more, Lord, and nothing less. Touch the hearts, Lord, that are here today. You know the needs, Father. You are Jehovah Jireh, you are the Lord, our God, that provides. Meet the needs of your people, Lord. We bless your name with songs today. And we ask, Lord, that you bless souls that are here. And we ask that you bless households, Father. Lead me and guide me in your word. Bring back to my, rem my remembrance the things, Lord, that I need to remember. 
to speak unto your people, to be a blessing. May we be encouraged, challenged, Lord, but most of all, directed to you. I ask you these things in your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm not, I'm not fancy like all these guys with their little... I'm old school. I'm so old school. This is pencil. This was all filled up. And God had me erasing and erasing and erasing. I probably won't even say much what's on here, to be honest with you. Um, I got to tell you, believe it or not, while I was studying, I was so excited to be able to share. I was so excited. I wasn't nervous because I expected that I would be. I'm a bit nervous. Um, and I was so encouraged up until when I got home today after service. And then I just got so discouraged, Pastor. So discouraged. And I was like, what the world is going on? I'm glad the Lord allowed me an opportunity to preach. And I almost scratched everything that I had and said, Lord, I'm not going to read off anything. I know it has its place. There's a structure, a format. But Lord, if you just want me to just... Just read your word and you use me, Lord. I, I know what you want me to talk about. I'll do that. And I was like, okay, I can't talk to my wife. I told her how I was feeling. I said, I need you to pray with me. So we prayed. We talked. And I went back and I said, started writing again. So I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to use what you gave me. And I pray that it is going to be a blessing to you. I'm um, going to try not to bounce you around too much with scriptures. But feel free to write scriptures down. I'm not going to read them in, in their entirety. Um, the main text that I'm going to be coming out of today will be uh, the gospel according to Luke chapter 11. Don't go there yet. It's going to be verse, verses 1 through 13. But I want to read two scriptures before we go there. So you can turn with me to Mark chapter 7. I'm sorry, Mark chapter 6. And we're going to read two verses in Mark chapter 6. So we're going to be reading Mark chapter 6, verses 7, 12, and 13. Mark chapter 6, verses 7, 12, and 13. And he called unto them, unto him, the twelve, and began to send them forth by two and two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. Verse 12. And they went out and preached that men should repent, and they cast out many devils, and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 10. It's always good to know what was said and done before, right? So we can understand what follows after. And in Luke chapter 10, again, I'll read a couple of verses. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3, verses 8, 9, 17, 18, 19, and 20. And it reads, After these things the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Verse 8. And into what service city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Verse 17. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, 
I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and of all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I want to give a brief summary of chapter, Luke chapter 10. We read first in Mark chapter 6, where the Lord sent out the 12 disciples to preach the gospel, to heal the sick. In chapter 10, verse 1, the Lord appointed an additional 70 disciples and appointed them to do the same thing, to go, to preach, in a nutshell, to go soul winning. Verse 2 is very important, and I want you to, to remember it because it ties into Luke chapter 11, which is the scripture we're going to read as the foundational scripture. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs, as, as lambs among wolves. The Lord is telling his disciples before he sends them out that there's a lot of work to be done, but the labor force is, is, is slim. We're lacking in the labor force. But he's saying, don't worry, because I, we can fix that. The way he told them that they, that can be fixed was to pray to the Lord of the harvest. In this case, we know that the Lord of the harvest is God the Father. He tells them, go your way. Now, I'm sure in themselves they found out that there was much harvest by the reactions or by the outcome when they went out soul winning. He says, in whatsoever city you go into, enter and receive, let them re and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. He says, go heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Verse 17, after the 70 returned from soul winning, Scripture says, the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Something that stood out to me a lot here is really interesting because Instead of the disciples coming back and saying, Wow, Lord, uh, this soul gave their life to the Lord. This person placed their faith in you. The statement that they made was that, Wow, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. For them to make that statement, it, it makes you think, What was their mindset for them to make this statement? Not that they rejoiced in seeing men place their faith in Christ. Yes, people were healed. That's a miracle. Jesus said to them, notice his, his response. He said, and, they, and he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Why did Jesus go to the account or recall when Satan was kicked out of heaven? He's explaining to the disciples that though the labor that you're performing outwardly is one that you're doing in the flesh, the work that you're doing is spiritual. He's giving them the understanding and he wants them to remember that there is opposition 
for the work that the Lord has called us as Christians, as followers of Christ, to do. He's telling them here, Behold, I, give, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He's telling them that you will have opposition for the work that you must do for the Lord. He says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now we know, for those, well, I can't assume that everyone here knows, when Satan fell from heaven, when he was kicked out of heaven, he didn't leave heaven by choice. He rebelled against the Lord, our Creator, and he was kicked out of heaven onto earth. The opposition that we face in laboring for the Lord on the earth, soul winning, is active. He's trying to make that stick to his disciples. He wants them to understand that, and he wants them to remember that. He's saying, yes, the demons and the devils are subject unto you, unto you through my name. He's saying, and the one-third, the, the serpents and the scorpions, that's, he's referring to the one-third of the angels that, that fell with Satan as well. He's saying, you will have power over the opposition. Remember, the Lord told Peter that, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So though we have opposition in or against the labor that we have to do for the Lord, the work is still going to be done. But as Christians, we need to understand and remember that there is opposition. And that opposition is not to uh, stop us or hinder us from doing the work that the Lord has called us to do, which is to go into the world, to preach the gospel unto every creature. Telling them to observe and all that he has commanded us to observe and to do. This is where the Lord brings it in and says to them, Notwithstanding in this, meaning that the spirits are subject unto you, he said, Rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The Lord wanted to remind the disciples of what matters, the purpose that he sent them out in the first place, and that was to win the loss back to the Father. It was so that lost man can be reconciled to the Father through the Son. Now go with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, it reads, And it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of the disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Okay. At this point, the Lord is telling us, or what I would like to say is, what I would like to speak on today, if I haven't said it already, is uh, about being persistent in prayer and the sharing of the gospel, the, how they tie it. Um, the important role that prayer plays and its necessity in the daily life of a Christian. Now, if there's anyone here that's not saved, I do pray first that your decision would be today to pray that the Lord will save you, that you would call upon the name of the Lord. Scripture says that they that call upon the name shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name shall be saved. Um, we can't ever assume that there are saints or people among us that are a part of the body of Christ. We don't know a person's heart. Um, a person can grow up in church all their lives and still have never 
place their faith in Christ. So I do pray that that would be your first choice, that you would see the importance of why you need to place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because this life is a vapor. It is short. No one knows when our time is up, for lack of better words. And you want to make sure that you're... You have peace with God. You have peace with Christ. As Brother Dave said, you, you want to know that you have peace. And the only way you can have peace with God is through Christ. All right? He, he is the one that allows us to have peace with God, to have our sins forgiven. That's what separates us between our Creator and ourselves, from having fellowship, as Brother Ronald said. And that's what the Lord desires. He desires peace for us. He desires for us to have fellowship. But that can only be attained by someone recognizing that they're a sinner. And we're all sinners. For those that acknowledge it or not, we are sinners. Saved by grace for those of us that have placed our faith in Christ. So I want to talk about the importance of prayer. And what we learn about prayer in the Gospels. Because the Gospels teach us about our Lord's prayer life, the prayer life of Jesus Christ. He prayed uh, before choosing his 12 disciples. He prayed both before and throughout his entire ministry on earth. Uh, we know that he resorted often to pray alone. And on some occasions, uh, he would take a few disciples with him to pray. So this is a challenge for all of us. The preacher is always the, the messenger is always the first partaker of the message. When he's presenting it to the people, it also applies to himself. So if prayer is a priority for our Savior, then it should also be a priority for you and me. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, on the surface, it, it seems a little bit, uh, not confusing, but the request of this disciple seems odd. It said, now this was definitely one of the times that Jesus took one of his disciples with him to pray. It says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased from praying, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Now, why I say this seems on the surface like to be a, a, weird, a weird request is because just in one chapter before, in two verses, right, in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, what does he command them to do before going out soul winning? He says, pray. So if he's commanding them to do something, why is this disciple asking the Lord to teach him to do something that the Lord already knows they know how to do. Again, like I said, on the surface, it seems like this is a strange request, but we'll find out later on that it's not. Historically, throughout the Old Testament scripture, we find examples of the children of Israel not only having the knowledge and understanding of prayer, more importantly, they understood to whom they prayed the true and living God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of their forefathers. The disciples are descendants of the children of Israel. They are the Jewish people, as our Bible teaches us. We're told that disciples were knowledgeable of prophecy, of Old Testament scriptures, and that they were waiting for the coming of Messiah to walk the earth. I'd like to give a few examples of that, and I'll tell you how and why it ties in. 
In John chapter 1, verses 41 and 45, you don't have to turn there. Andrew, one of the early disciples of Jesus, who was Simon Peter's brother, he was one of the disciples of John the Baptist. Scripture tells us that. It says that he and another disciple were with John the Baptist when Jesus Christ was baptized. And they heard Jesus speak. That was the last day they followed John the Baptist. They followed Jesus Christ. They were there when John testified that he was not the Messiah, but that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, that he was the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. And this was great news to the children of Israel, that were waiting for Messiah. This disciple may have also been one of the disciples that was there at the time when the moment Jesus came out of being baptized out of the water, Scripture says that the heavens opened and the Father testified of the Son. And he said of Jesus, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now you have to keep in mind, Jesus didn't even start his ministry yet. And the Father is saying, this is my beloved Son. Think about that. Of whom I am well pleased. These disciples took note of that. I would. Here's John the Baptist. The last, Jesus said, of all men born of women on the earth, there was no greater than John the Baptist. None. None. He was the last great Old Testament prophet spoken of in the New Testament. None. Yet Jesus says he has, he has no desire or t t for man to testify about him. So that's why the Father, for lack of a better word, trumped what John the Baptist said. But he was the forerunner. That's why the disciples were following him. So they hear, this is the Messiah. They believed. They followed him. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God the Father placing his stamp of approval on Messiah. A couple of verses that, you don't have to turn here either. Again, a couple of verses where I mentioned that the disciples took note or made direct quotations to their knowledge of the Old Testament scriptures. Like I mentioned, John 1, 41 and 45, Andrew tells Peter that he found Messiah. Jesus finds, calls Philip, Philip finds Nathaniel, and Nathaniel tells, Philip tells Nathaniel, sorry, that they have found him of, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. Again, making connection to them, the disciples, having knowledge of the scriptures. Another example is John chapter 2, verse 17, where the disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of, the, the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. A direct Old Testament reference taken from Psalm verse 69, and Psalm 69, sorry, chapter 69, verse 9. This is... Um, David, the psalmist, saying, The zeal of thine house had eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproached thee are fallen upon me. The reason why I'm saying all of this about historically the Jews had uh, knowledge of how to pray and to whom they pray, and yet the disciples make this what seems like an odd, strange request after being commanded to pray, 
There's no doubt in my mind, and there's, again, they're making quotations that they know Scripture. They know Scripture. The disciples would have had to be knowledgeable of uh, a prayer of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Moses, definitely Elijah, um, because we recalled when uh, Jesus tried to enter into the village of Samaria and they wouldn't accept him. Uh, the, the sons of Zebedee said, Lord, should we call down fire? Like Elijah did. So again, they knew scripture. They knew the prayers. I can go on. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jabez, Moses, uh, Queen Esther, uh, on and on and on and on. King Solomon, King David. So they knew of prayer. They prayed to God. And they saw God use these great men and women in scripture to do mighty works. So again, why does this disciple, having that knowledge, ask Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples? The reason this disciple is asking Jesus to pray is for, like I said, the many reasons before. John, confirming he's Messiah, they're acted on their faith. The Father, testifying of the Son, saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I will please. The disciples going to the mountain at times to pray with Jesus or seeing Jesus praying. Like I said, this is an example right here where after Jesus prayed, when they were in one of those locations, the disciples saying, Lord, teach us to pray. I gave kudos to the disciples as well. What a shame it would be for you to have walked with the Messiah and never asked him to pray. The disciples recalled when Jesus prayed and did the miracle with the loaves of bread and the fish. And then for me, the ultimate is when he resurrected Lazarus from the dead. When Jesus did that, his prayer was, Father, I thank you for always hearing me. But for their sakes, I'm saying it outwardly so that they'll believe you sent me. So... The disciples saw the effectiveness of the prayer of Jesus Christ. They saw that his prayer, was, his prayer life was pleasing unto God, the Father. They saw that whatever they asked the Father, he asked the Father for, he received because Jesus prayed the will of the Father. So this, this, this disciple, he's, he's justified in, in his request for saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And I commend him. Like I said, how sad would it have been? Who would you rather learn examples uh, for how to preach? The, the prophets of old who placed their faith in the Messiah that they haven't seen? Or Messiah who's now on the scene revealed to said disciples? I would, it's a given. I would want to learn from Messiah to pray. I would want to be as effective as Messiah to pray. So... This is, this is what I want to really talk about. The importance of a prayer life in the life of a believer. Like I said, if you're not saved and you have not yet placed your faith in Christ to save you, that, that should be your first prayer. You should call upon the name of the Lord to save you, to forgive you for your sins, uh, and be washed in his blood so that you will spend eternity with him forever. 
I had so many scriptures to talk about prayer. I was so overwhelmed with this topic because it's a subject I love. I learned so much. I felt like my prayer life deepened so much within these last couple of weeks, to be honest. I, I literally felt it. And things are going on in my family. I just felt, like Brother said, a peace because I had fellowship with God because my prayer life was being strengthened. And I think we overlook or need a, more of a deeper understanding of the access that we have to heaven. You know what I mean? It's like, this might be a bad example, but the United States of America, the world powerhouse, right? If you ask anyone in their sane mind years ago, if you would ha like to have access to anyone on this earth, who would it be? I guarantee people would say President of the United States of America. Why? Right? It's the leader of the free, free, the greatest nation in the free world a few years back. And you know that if you're connected to that leader, that you will have access granted to you, which will most likely allow you to obtain or make certain requests or petitions from said leader. We have access to the almighty creator of heaven and earth, but we do not act sometimes as if we do. We don't. I'm sp again, everything applies to me. I'm sp this is me. I'm not t speaking to anyone out there and singling anybody out. Only you and you alone know your relationship with the Lord. Whether you're in fellowship, out of fellowship, whether you have peace with God, and yes, you could have peace with God, and if you're out of fellowship with God, your peace does lack. Your joy does lack. It does suffer. I remember when I first wanted to preach this message, I thought about uh, Queen Esther and how she had access to king, the king, her husband at the time. And she, she made a bold move. And she prayed unto the Lord to save her people. But she used the position that she had as the queen. She had access, rightful access. We have rightful access to the God of heaven and earth, the Lord of heaven and earth. We want things to, 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 to change. Like I said, there's so many scriptures so many scriptures. I know scripture commands us to go and preach into all the world. Scripture commands us to pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5, 16. Pray without ceasing. Luke 18, 1. Men ought to pray always. This is Jesus. Luke 10, 2. He's commanding them. Pray for laborers. Pray for soul winners. And pray for the work. Pray, be instant, out of, in season, out of season. Pray always. There's so many scriptures. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and it shall be opened. That, like I said, that's just a, there are so many scriptures about prayer. And there's testimonies here where everyone's prayer. Brother John testified. Brother Jago testified. Prayer, the power of prayer. Prayer in this house. 
Scripture says, the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. That's what the disciple wanted to learn. I'm like nowhere in the message that I really want to say, but this is what, this is what the disciple was seeking. He wanted to learn to pray effectively like Messiah. And Jesus taught them that he always pleases the Father because he always does the will of the Father. And that's what hinders us. But Ronald said, like, you guys were, like, so in the message of, 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 we're all, like, it's so tied in. Pray, brothers and sisters, that the Lord will teach us to be effective in prayer. My mom is here, and she can testify. And you guys heard me testify. I gave testimony about this before, that there were times when I went through some very rebellious moments and my mom, I would hear my mom. I don't pray like my mom. She prays, I don't know, mother's prayer, father's prayer is different. But the lady was praying like she was trying to bring heaven down. And I always remember her example of praying and her love. Her love. And that will forever stay with me. And I, when I prayed, I used to pray. I said, Lord, help me to pray for my children like my mother prayed for me. And one of the most important things, brothers and sisters, that you can ask the Lord to do is to teach you how to pray. Don't think you're ever there yet. No one will ever arrive in their prayer life. No one on this earth will ever say, I've arrived. No. That's like you won't ever arrive in knowledge, understanding, or wisdom in Scripture. You could read something time and time again, and you'll get a fresh understanding, a fresh, you know, uh, uh, what it's, it's revealed uh, for that season in your life. So if I can leave you with anything, is that you pray and ask the Lord to help you be more effective as he would like us to be in our prayer lives. Pray that, Lord, we want your will and not our will. Like the rest of these verses that I was going to read in Luke chapter 11, 1 to 13, it talks about that. It talks about the man who, you know, he has a friend and his friend comes and he's sleeping and it, he doesn't even want to get up. He says, listen, I'm sleeping. My children, we're all in bed. I'm not getting up. But what does this guy do? The scripture says because of his importunity. Right? That means persistence. Because he's being persistent, I'm going to get up and meet his request. Luke chapter 18 also talks about where the Pharisee right, and the uh, publican, and it talks about the posture of your heart in approaching God. That's something, too, that we all need to understand. Like Brother was saying, our sins is what hides God's face from us. Right? Some prayers do go unanswered because of based of where we are. But the Lord wants us to come to Him. He wants us to cast all our cares upon Him. Right? That's, that's prayer. That's about prayer. He wants us to come when we're burdened and heavy laden, he'll give us rest. That's prayer. He wants us to ask him for things that pertain to the advancement of his kingdom. That takes prayer. He wants us to look upon the things of others and not our own, caring for the welfare of others above ourselves. He wants us to be selfless. That's prayer. He said, let this mind be in you, Apostle Paul, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. Look not upon your own, but upon the things of others. Ask the Lord to give you a heart 
a burden. This is what I've been praying more and more and more. Lord, give me a burden for souls. Help me have more compassion. Help me have a burden for prayer. A burden for whatever, Lord, you desire for me to have for your kingdom. Help me to pray for shepherds after God's heart. Pastor Matt, Pastor Jorge, Brother Ethan, the, the uh, youth pastor. You know, pray for the ministries in church. Let everyone that is functioning and active in the ministry, uh, Scripture says, do all things holy unto the Lord and, and not unto men. Right? Colossians 3.22, that's one of my favorite scriptures. That way when you're working, you're not doing it for, uh, to be a man pleaser or for a reward or a pat on your back. You're laboring for the Lord. Right? But pray for government. You know, Scripture says that God says that He allows people to get into certain positions. He can allow them to go up and He can bring them down. So we may not be happy with who's in the White House or certain whatever houses, government positions, politicians, but we still have to pray for them. We're commanded to pray for them for authority. And God would touch their hearts. Yes, it's sometimes hard to pray for them because of the wicked agendas. But scripture says we have to pray for them. You have to make this a daily discipline in your prayer life. To be persistent in your prayer life. To be persistent. You want to, you want to see an example of persistence? Jesus three times went to the Father for something that he knew he came on this earth to do. But in his flesh, as God, the God-man, not sinning, but showed the weakness of our flesh. That's why he, scripture says he was touched with our infirmity. He knows all that we're going through. He's, it's not foreign to him. Three times he went to the Father for something that he himself said, this is what he came on the earth to do. What does he do when he was faced with a very hard, hard decision or a very trying time? He says, not my will, but your will be done. We have to be persistent in, in going to God. God doesn't always answer right away. Or he may not answer according to what we desire. That's why we have to ask him, the Lord help us to pray your will. To pray your will. So I ask that the Lord will truly teach us how to pray. Again, I know it, it's, it's, it sounds strange because we know how to pray. The disciples knew how to pray. But to, to help us to pray like you, Lord. To desire your will. To preach, to pray your will. To pray for the direction of this nation. Those that are in, 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 in those positions. Uh, we see the condition of, of the U.S. And like Pastor said and what you preached this morning. The only thing that is going to turn this nation around. Or for us to see change. Is the word of God. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And prayer. And prayer. If we don't pray for the situations that's going on in our country. Who's going to bring about the change? The people in those offices that are doing their wicked, evil agendas? Are we going to talk about it? Are we going to bellyache about it? Or are we going to take it to the Lord and say, Lord, it's not what I want. It's not this party. It's not that party. Because at this point, both parties are, all parties are, you have your snakes, you have your this, you have your that. You can't. You have to pray for those that are in position that God will change their hearts. That God would allow them to see that they are sinners. And that they, through His goodness, would come to repentance. 
Let's be obedient. Pray. Scripture says, pray. Pray for those in authority. You want change? Pray. And again, pray consistently. Pray daily. Like Brother Ronalds was saying, just like you have to confess your sin right there and then, a, a circumstance comes up. My mom taught me this a long time ago. When something happens, my wife, she laughed because she always says, now we got to pray. If I find out something is happening, if I get a text from pastor, if I get, uh, I find out anything is happening, and I learned this again from my mom, at that moment, I don't put it on the checklist. Oh, here's my prayer list. I'll add this and I'll do it later. Right there and then, we pray. If my wife is too busy, and I'm going and I'm taking it to the Lord in prayer. That's just how we have to be. Prayer has to be a priority in our lives. We, we can't treat prayer uh, as a second class right. It's a right that we have. Christ gave us that right as children of God. To petition God the Father. God the Father. He gave us that right and he taught us. He said, I gave you the examples of how to pray effectively. I gave you the examples to pray according to the Father's will. For the advancing of the kingdom. And again, that's what prayer. Prayer unleashes the power. It gives us the direction through the Holy Spirit to enable us to labor in the kingdom. So like I said, I, I, this is definitely not how I saw this going in my head. Um, but I just really do hope that someone is encouraged and motivated and even convicted um, to seek the Lord tonight, not even this coming new year, tonight, today is what we have. And that we would ask the Lord to give us a burden for prayer, for all the things that he's commanded us to pray for, that we, that we do it. That we see the change, the revival we want in our homes, the revival we want in church, the revival we want. You know, people call it revival, I'm just using that word, but a move of the Lord to bring about change for his kingdom. To see the fruit of what we see in scripture happening in Acts, in the gospel. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. We need to step up and do our part as Christians. And like I said, we need to stop treating prayer as like a second class right. It's not. It's not. If you believe God and you believe He never changes and His word never returns void, then we ought to be praying more. Pray more for our homes, for our, our families, our spouses, our children. There's a lot to pray for. There's a lot to pray for. And nobody is going to bring the change that is needed in your life, but you going to God and taking those things to God in prayer. No one's going to do it for you. You have to do the heavy lifting. You have to pray. Jesus says, when you pray. He's saying that when, there's action required on your part. What's the action? Go pray. Take it to the Father. I've shown you his faithfulness. I've shown you when I prayed, how I prayed according to his will and effectively and, and, and persistently, that he answers. Prayer is not to be selfish. Prayer is, again, prayer is about advancing God's will and his kingdom on the earth. And he uses prayer as a vehicle for us to be able to uh, be enabled to overcome the opposition by our spiritual adversary, 
and we, we, we just have to be obedient. And I know it's easy to say things, and we, we have things thrown at us in life, and pray. I don't care how small it is. I don't care how small it is. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells you. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I know, Pastor, that's one of your favorite scriptures. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean unto your understanding. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. For lack of better words, it's like, we have, again, I don't like using these things, but I'm just going to be, use basic. It's like you have a formula. You have a recipe. Everything is in the word of God. It tells us, do this, this is the outcome. God is saying he's partnering with us. We are workers together with Christ, right? In preaching the gospel, we are workers together with Christ. And God the Father, when we pray and go to him and ask for things pertaining to the kingdom being advanced on earth. So if we have this power, why aren't we releasing it? Why? And I want everybody that's shaking their head. I'm not saying you, Brother David. I just, I'm going to be looking at you. I want everyone to really, really take this seriously. Don't just look at all his Brother Keston talking. You have access to God. Amen. Not a rich uncle who established a mass of wealth and all this, and that fizzes out, and his help can only go but so far. God, the creator, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything is his. Amen. Everything. And when I first read that in Psalms, I was like, is that written right? Yeah, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's in Psalms. Let's, let's pray more. Let's pray consistently. Let's pray and ask God to help us to pray more for one another. Pastor and Pastor Man, Pastor Jorge, we see during the in the uh, in the newsletters, there's always a prayer list. Pray daily. Try to commit to memory those things that are in that uh, newsletter. Try to memorize it. Try to remember the names. Try to remember the needs, the unspoken, everything. And the more you do it, it, you'll see. The more you do it, the more you retain it. And again, there's always something to pray for. Pray and watch God move. We have testimonies. God's answering prayers. And God wants to do more. But God's saying, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. You guys want change on this earth? You guys want soul saves? You guys want the town of Carney saved? You guys want... Uh, school boards, people change, and people, we only have change if the hearts of men change. And the gospel is the only thing that does that. Prayer enables that. So, like I said, I want to beat a dead horse. Um, let's, let's, let's pray that God will help us in our prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that, again, for this opportunity, and I thank you, Lord, that uh, you do hear us when we pray, Lord, when we are in right fellowship with you. Uh, when we pray according to your will, we pray in faith, Lord, because we know that uh, without faith it is impossible to please you, God. And he that cometh to you, Lord, must believe that you are and that you are a reward of them that diligently seek you. Amen. The diligence is the persistence, Father. Help us to be persistent. Help us to come knocking on heaven's door, Lord, to cry out to you, Lord, for the change, for the good, for the work that you want to do through us, Lord, on this earth while we're still here. Help us to use the time, Lord. Help us to use all our substance, Lord, our talents, everything that you have entrusted us, Lord. Help us to be good stewards over all of these things, our families, Lord. Help us to strengthen each other, Lord. Help us to comfort one another. Help us to correct one another in love. 
Lord, help us to be a blessing. But Lord, help us to advance your kingdom, Lord. Teach us to pray more, Lord. Teach us to pray like you, Father. Teach us to be effective like you, Lord, so that we can do your will, that you would say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Help us to please you, Lord, in all that we do, Lord. And I do pray, Father, if there is anyone here, Lord, that does not understand the need for salvation, that they would ask someone, Lord, or that they would pray quietly in their seat, Lord, and cry out to you, Lord, and ask for forgiveness, that they would see their need for you, Lord, and they would be washed in the blood and be reconciled with you and obtain peace, Lord, and have eternal life. We pray that you continue, Father, to lead and guide the remainder of the service and that you will be glorified and honored, that we would have sweet fellowship, Lord, as we bring in the new year together. Lord, we ask and we expect for you to do great things, Lord, as we pray, as we sow, as we water, as we labor in the vineyard, Lord, that you would send laborers, that you would raise up laborers, Lord, that those that are laboring, that we pray that they won't be weary in doing well, Lord, that they won't faint, that they would reap in due season, Lord, if they faint not. We pray for your blessings, God. We pray and we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. And we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen.